In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. We have an image of Jesus that we've developed over the years, and we like to interpret scripture through that image of Jesus. So around here, we generally like to think of Jesus as loving and gracious, as one who slows down to heal and to pay attention to the marginalized that others pass by. Jesus loves us even when the world doesn't. He is a warm blanket that wraps us up in his care and acceptance. But in our gospel passage for today, Jesus says, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Do you think that I've come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened to Jesus meek and mild? Is this the Prince of Peace? Because it sounds a lot more like John the Baptist. And we're justified in our pushback because there are plenty of places in Scripture that tell us something different. At the beginning of Luke, Zechariah tells us that Jesus will guide our feet into the way of peace. And at his birth, the whole heavenly host proclaim peace on earth. At the end of Luke's gospel, the resurrected Jesus appears to his disciples and greets them saying, peace be with you. So where did this divisive Jesus come from? And what did he do with the Jesus we like? But what if Jesus is both? And what might it say about us that we don't like this Jesus, that we would prefer to ignore or explain away these hard passages and just focus on the ones that we like? If we believe Jesus came to bring good news, where is the good news in the Jesus we encounter today? We've been making our way through the Gospel of Luke all summer. Jesus begins his ministry in Galilee and his teaching and his healings draw a crowd. And the crowd grows and this kind of warm relationship develops between Jesus and his followers. And in fact, earlier in this very chapter, Jesus reassures his followers not to worry, reminding them that they are precious in God's sight. And then he concludes with these words of comfort, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But then we're told that Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem, which for Luke means Jesus is now focused on the completion of his earthly ministry, which will culminate in his crucifixion. His time is limited and there's a new intensity and urgency to his mission. From this point on, Jesus' teaching becomes more harsh. It reveals more frustration. It signifies more stress and angst on his part. So, usually peaceful, reassuring Jesus now tells us, I came to bring fire to the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. And do you think that I came to bring peace to the earth? No, rather division. While fire can denote destruction or judgment, I read it here as meaning being forged. It is the refiner's fire burning away chaff and fruitless branches, 
eliminating impurity so that we can emerge from the fire stronger and truer. We are refined so that we may be molded and shaped, free from the hold of things that mar or disfigure us. This refining fire is the fire of the Holy Spirit that changes us from the inside out if we allow it. And division? Jesus is a living, breathing division. He's a Rorschach test. Since he came on the scene, he has inspired people either to follow him or to fear him, but he doesn't leave anyone neutral or untouched. If that is how it was when Jesus walked the earth, why should we expect for it to be any different for us today? There is a saying, the truth will set you free, but first, it will make you miserable. When we make a declaration for Christ, we are not just making an intellectual or emotional commitment. We are committing to changing our lives and allowing ourselves to be changed within. And when we choose to make God our first priority, it will absolutely cause division in our relationships, perhaps especially the relationships with those closest to us. In family systems therapy, there is an understanding of homeostasis. What this means is that in our families of origin, we all inhabit roles that were developed during our very earliest formative years. So generally, there is the golden child or the black sheep. There's the sickly patient or the peacemaker or the nurturer that sacrifices self for the sake of others. The family system wants us to maintain these roles forever. It wants homeostasis for things to stay the same. But very often these family systems aren't fully healthy and they don't allow us to grow and change and become our truest selves. When a member of the family system begins to do some work to become healthier and so changes the role that they've played, the system pushes back. Think of it as a rubber band. When one person in the system pulls the rubber band in one direction, there's an automatic building of tension and a reaction in the opposite direction. If you are committed to the change, you'll have to patiently hold your ground and keep your boundaries in the face of a lot of pressure from the family until they finally accept the new normal. And if you're willing to do so, your becoming healthier will make the whole system healthier, even if nobody else is doing any work of their own. This is a metaphor for our commitment to Jesus. The urgent Jesus of today's gospel is telling us, you cannot stay on the sidelines. You cannot comfortably maintain business as usual. There's no homeostasis here. You have to choose. And if you choose me, you absolutely will be in conflict with the world because the world's priorities are not my priorities. There is an inner aspect to our commitment to Jesus. It is the spiritual transformation that we undergo when we choose to place our relationship with Jesus above all other relationships. 
Transformation requires that we allow those parts of ourselves that separate us from God, that keep us from being the people we're created to be, to be burned away completely or to be burnished to a pure shine. We offer up our impatience and our anger, our appetites and self-centeredness, our ambitions and expectations. Our faith calls us to wholeness, which includes confrontation with the dark side of ourselves. Transformation is not without pain, but it is accomplished by the Holy Spirit that burns but does not consume, that burns but does not destroy. This inner transformation is the fire to which Jesus refers. Then there's an outer aspect to our commitment to Jesus. It is the change in our priorities in the way that we're making our way through the world so that our life reflects Jesus' priorities. Jesus does not come to validate the status quo or to help us to remain comfortable in our world. He comes to shake us out of our complacency and he challenges us to put our lives in order. Our commitment to him requires being intentional in where we're using our resources, our financial resources, our social resources, our emotional resources. Doing so means that we'll leave behind those activities and groups and people who are barriers to our living into these priorities. This outer transformation is the division to which Jesus refers. Jesus has come to bring healing and peace, but it is a healing and peace that comes on the other side of a life committed to him first and all others second. God takes precedence over all our other attachments. By definition, this puts us in tension with our families, our careers, our desires and ambitions. And yet, paradoxically, it is in doing so, in allowing ourselves to be made over into the person God has created us to be, that we come to know that peace which passes all understanding. Amen.